to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your hosts, Jason Shepard and Lauren McClain. Cougar fans, it feels good to be back with you. And after a very, very long offseason, the Cougar Tailgate is back. I'm Lauren McClain. What's up, everybody? Jason Shepard with you as well. And for those tuning in for the very first time, I guess first and foremost, thanks for tuning in. Or let's just say maybe you forgot what this show is all about after the, oh my goodness, very long, lengthy hiatus without sports. It was really a miserable time. I think we can all agree with that. (laughs) It was. This is the show that dives into the BYU fan experience. We share the traditions, the culture of the college towns and teams where BYU plays each week. And the fan experience this year is going to be what I would call a hair different than normal. It's already been a very unique year, and since most places aren't even letting fans into the stadium, throughout the season, we'll be looking at the new ways fans are interacting with the game across the sports world. And today, we are really excited to talk to somebody that Lauren and I know really well, and that's Carolyn Billings. And Carolyn is the Director of Sports Medicine here at BYU. Now, besides being awesome, which she certainly is that... We wanted to talk with her because she can shed some light on what the environment is for athletes these days from a medical and then a training standpoint, but also what it takes, especially now, to get these athletes ready to play their respective sports. We'll also take the temperature, and I don't mean that hey literally. Oh, hey yeah, oh. yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna invade anybody's <laughs> personal space to take a to take a. You've temperature. had enough of that lately. Yes, I'm sure. look, everybody's you know probably tired of getting their temperature taken. Uh, we're gonna take the temperature of BYU fans and there and quite honestly, our expectations for the rest of the year as well. I can't wait for Carolyn. She's incredible. But before we talk about the season as a whole, lest we forget, there has been a game played already, and it was a sweet one. Wilson under center. The snap, the turn handoff to Algier. A hold to the left. Tyler near side, 25-20. The 15, the 10, the 5, the dive, the touchdown! Tyler Algier from 34 yards out, and the Cougars open up on top. That was Tyler Algier's first of two touchdowns and the first six out of 55 points. The Cougs would pour on the Navy shipment during the Monday Night Labor Day special on ESPN. I don't know about you, Lauren, but first of all, it took us forever to get to that game. So you you had this long, extended break, wondering when BYU was going to play. You finally get the one game. And now it seems like forever since BYU played in that game. Obviously, you know, we'll get into this throughout. You know, BYU was supposed to play this weekend against, uh, against Army. It didn't happen. But they had a bye after the win. So it just feels like it was so long ago. The good news is if you're going to have to sit after a game, <laughs> a 55-3 to <laughs> dominating performance isn't bad to have to sit on for a couple weeks. That's exactly what I was thinking. It does feel like you're like, what, did that happen last year? That Navy game, I can't remember. But it really is the perfect game to be able to relive over and over again because, honestly, BYU dominated on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. It was phenomenal because think about, historically, most people's starting, you know, the start of the season, their first game, unless, you know, you have, like, Alabama playing some of these cupcake teams, which happens. But usually there's a lot of kinks that need to be worked out in that first game. And historically, that's how BYU has been. They don't score very much in in the season opener. In fact, they haven't scored that much since 2001. And so BYU to come out just crisp and clean and ready to go is phenomenal for all BYU fans. Well, and I think that not only do you have the end result, which is the 55-3, to I I think the thing that just impressed me the most, and I even talked about this on the postgame show after the game, was just how dominating 
every aspect of BYU's team looked. It was offense. It was defense. Defensively, when you're going up against a, an option team like that, it's, it's so different from anything else that you face that it causes issues because you're just not used to going up against that type of scheme. But it didn't appear very many times, if any, that BYU's defense was ever out of position for anything. I, I was just extremely uh, impressed with how this team looked. Now, on the other side of things for Navy, I think when people heard that, that maybe they didn't have the prep time or, or the type of preparation that they would have wanted because of COVID to prepare for the game, I don't know if people actually realized that there was not a Navy practice where anybody was tackled. And that showed up which big is, time. Which is interesting. Isn't that interesting? It's because crazy. I, I feel really bad. I felt bad for Ken Niumatololo because <laughs> I don't think that's what he was expecting. He's trying to protect his players and his team, and I respect that. I really do. But but if you're going to play football, you got to play football. That's kind of my mentality. I'm like, if you decided this is what I'm going to do, we're going to play football in practice you got to tackle, you know, you got to play and you got to get your guys ready. And I'm not, I'm not judging Kenny Matalolo because like I said, he's in a weird, strange position. All coaches are, he did his best, but I just, I don't think that's a, a great excuse. I don't think that's something that BOU fans should feel bad about, you know, like that they should be like, oh, well, they didn't even tackle in practice. I still think Navy is a phenomenal team, very well coached and BYU just trampled over them. And it was really fun to watch. Well, the, the issues that maybe Navy was dealing with doesn't necessarily lend itself still to 55-3, to three, even if exactly. they had done that. BYU was clearly the better team. And the fun thing about it was that was, that was Labor Day evening. So mm-hmm. everybody had an opportunity to see that, which is cool. And that's one of the things BYU obviously wants to do. It's, it's all about getting out there and allowing people to see you. So the exposure that you get from a game like that, and let's be honest, with BYU you know, at the time and now as, as the – the weeks go on, you're going to start to have some of these other conferences come back, and, and the Pac-12 probably comes back. So the novelty of BYU being the only team out west to play <laughs> is going to wear off. Right. But it was cool because after that game, everybody that wanted to talk college football was talking about BYU, and oh, yeah. that was a pretty cool thing. And I'm pretty sure fans only watch, besides BYU fans, were only watching until halftime. I think the, se- the second half <laughs> ratings of that game were probably plummeted. Well, and I think that, that lends to the fact that they brought on Bill Belichick, obviously Super Bowl champion, head coach of the Patriots. So his his dad <laughs> was a coach at the Naval Academy. So he grew up around the Naval Academy. So he has a very long history, and he loves um, the Naval Academy and, and that, that type of thing. So they had him on the broadcast. First of all, BYU scored <laughs> two touchdowns while they were talking with Bill Belichick. And the announcers were having, weren't even paying a bit of attention to what was happening on the field. And I understand why. At that point, the game was over. Yep. But it was still funny that Bill Belichick is kind of rambling on these stories, this history about Navy. And BYU's just methodically going down, touchdown, <laughs> touchdown. Twitter was blowing up while Bill Belichick was rambling, and it was it was really fun to watch what everyone was saying. Felt bad for the guy, but really you don't because he's a multimillionaire. He can yeah. do whatever he wants, and has multi has what you know Super Bowl rings for every yeah, finger yeah. on the he, hand. He doesn't yeah. care. Look, look, Bill Belichick can ramble on about whatever he wants. I was just happy that BYU had the lead, and uh, you know at that point the stress was off. The sports stress was off. Yep. you weren't worried. Oh, can BYU hang? 
they were going to win the game, which was nice. Exactly. Which made made it easier to be able to to have fun with the fact that Bill Belichick was just rambling on and nobody from the broadcast was paying attention to the game. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we had hoped to play Army, but obviously after a, a small number of players tested positive for COVID-19, the game was postponed. And hopefully the game against the Black Knights gets rescheduled before the end of the season. I know there are a couple of weeks where both teams have available dates. We'll see what happens uh, with that moving forward. But speaking of expectations, in today's Rock Talk, Cougar fans are asked about their expectations for this season and what their favorite thing about the football season is. This is Rock Talk on Cougar Tailgate. Well, I'm kind of holding on to the hope that it actually happens still. Um, But I don't know. Because of the last game, I'm I have pretty high expectations, high hopes that they'll do well. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a very different season this year. We only have a few games, but I hope people can have fun and be able to watch football. Fingers crossed that they'll hopefully be able to still play and that they'll um, be able to, you know, figure it out a little more and just be able to keep it all safe. We're going to kill it. Yeah, we're just going to kick everybody's butt, in my opinion, you know. We saw the Navy game. It's a little bit of a different sounding rock talk today as I speak to the students on BYU's campus through masks. They're still excited for football to be back. I just kind of like, like I love watching football, so I just kind of like, like just looking at like the, like just looking at the game from like someone who used to play it and stuff, just like watching the game and like seeing all the analytics and all the schemes and everything that plays out and stuff. I like just like watching games with my family, being able to connect with people the cool weather and I don't know I just love the sport of football so I've always been into it and uh, I don't know football season just always something special for me. And then I started noticing a theme when I asked what people's favorite thing about football season was. How everyone is like united for like they have a common goal and you know everyone just gets so excited. Uh, Probably unity actually like I mean we got so my room and the room next to us we actually brought like we brought couches in and we all like watched the game together and so, I mean, like, when we can't be at the game in the student session, like, we that was the next best thing, you know? It's just fun. It's just a good get-together. The community of, like, cheering on the same team and the excitement of that. You got to love the student section and feel a little bit bad for them this season because they're not going to be able to watch a lot of games, and so they have to find other ways to entertain themselves, but they'll figure it out. And speaking of those games, let's look ahead to the rest of the schedule. BYU's next game is September 26th versus Troy Shep. Yeah, the home opener, September 26th. And uh, that is, obviously, it's always a big deal when you have the home opener, the first game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But, you know, it will certainly be different. Uh, with 6,000 yeah. fans. Wah, wah, yeah, a little, a wah. limited number. But the good news is that that number can increase up to 24,000 is the hope as the season goes on, as long as everybody's doing what they're supposed to do in terms of wearing your mask and social distancing. You know, the, the structure is there to expand that significantly as the season progresses. Follow the rules, peeps. That's right. And then on Friday, October 2nd, BYU plays Louisiana Tech, which is uh, we call the Carmelone game. Yeah, on conference weekend in the Carl Malone game. It's, the, it's what was originally on the schedule, the game against Utah State. So that would have had the Utah State Aggies. Uh, that's usually when that game is played, the Friday night before general conference. So, yeah, you get to Louisiana Tech, which was just recently 
uh, announced. So I'm I'm kind of hoping we can get Carl Malone on one of the uh, one of the shows here oh, at BYU be... TV or BYU oh, Radio. Be able to talk about the matchup. Tease. That'd be awesome if we could that get the mailman be, right. There's something you know. You say it's conference weekend. We usually play Dust State, but there is something spiritually about uh, it being the Carl Malone game. You know, <laughs> almost it's it's almost it's a spiritual just weekend a, all the way it around. It is a spiritual weekend. All right, then we have October 10th versus UT San Antonio. Roadrunners. The Roadrunners. Meep, meep, indeed. Uh, another one of the home games. And this is, obviously, the, the next couple of opponents you're going to have are, are basically probably not going to get a ton of people excited because we're talking about you know teams from the Sun Belt or Conference USA that a lot of people probably aren't going to get extremely excited about. The good news is, is they're on the schedule and be why you can play a football game. That's the bottom line, in my exactly. opinion. Exactly. Not going to get super excited, but I am excited about October 16th when BYU goes to Houston and plays the Cougars. It was originally supposed to be in Provo, but now uh, now they're playing in Houston. And I'm actually, this is probably the game I'm most excited about um, on the schedule right now because BYU has had some really tight, good games with Houston over the last, what, five or six years. High scoring games. Very high scoring and, yeah, very fun offensively to watch. So I'm hoping... That happens again this year. I, I agree with you. I think it's the one that has the most ifs about it. This is probably the best team on the schedule moving forward. And the fact that it is in Houston, it, it's the one that worries me the most. Not not that I don't think BYU can win. I fully expect them to win. But it's the one that, that gives me the most pause because it's the road game. When BYU goes into Houston, Houston will have played five games and BYU will only have played three at that point. So I'm curious... How that's also going to affect it. Houston played a great game against Oklahoma, by the way. So they're a good team. Houston is expected to be a really good team. They didn't have a great season last year, but most prognosticators have them taking a pretty big leap. And again, it's it's at Houston. October 24th is versus Texas State Bobcats. And then on Halloween, a very scary matchup uh, against Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers, you may remember the uh, the mascot battle. Uh, during Epic. the basketball season, Cosmo and then during Big the, Red. During the drought, if you yeah, will. Yeah, the drought, yeah. The uh, the mascot battle it came down to the best mascot in the country. Both were write-in votes. Western Kentucky's Big Red and then Cosmo the Cougar came all the way down. These two were the final two Cosmo wins. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited, not only for the game, but for uh, maybe what could happen like maybe during halftime between the mascots. Yeah, because Western Kentucky, they have a chip on their shoulder now. They, they do. Really thought, they thought BYU cheated. They thought they should have won. <laughs> this was a serious thing. circled it on the calendar. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking them down. And then November 21st, this is the only game currently scheduled in November. It's the North Alabama Lions, um, and uh, that's a game, obviously, if, if, you ta- if you just say, hey, Alabama, great, then you have North before it. It kind of takes a little <laughs> bit of the luster away. So that's what the schedule looks like. Yeah, and, and it'll be fun. It'll be fun no matter what because we're playing college football, guys. Amen. All right, coming up, we'll take a look at the way this unique season has affected the health of the players with BYU Director of Sports Medicine, Carolyn Billings. Stay right here. This is Cougar Tailgate. Back into Cougar Tailgate. My name is Jason Shepard. And I'm Lauren McLean. As we mentioned in the last segment, BYU football was supposed to play Army, but the game has been postponed to a few members of the football team testing positive for COVID. Player safety is at the forefront of the conversation. And today we have Carolyn Billings, Director of Sports Medicine at BYU, to fill us in on some of the precautions they are taking and that are taking place this year. Carolyn, what is up? 
Hello. How are you guys? So good. We love you. And we're really excited oh. that you're our guest today. Oh, well, I'm honored. This is so cool. What does it mean to you, Carolyn, that you are the very first <laughs> guest of this show? It means to me that the show can only improve from here on out. <laughs> that that <laughs> Every is not week, true. People need to tune in because it's only going to get better. <laughs> well, you're, you're very kind. And we, when we said that we wanted to have a very special guest for our first guest, you were the name that, that, that popped up. And so we are so happy to have you on the show. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to. And obviously, we, we want to talk about the situation from a medical standpoint. But I, I think as the director of sports medicine, some people may say, Say, well, well, what does that mean? In any other year other than 2020, what does the director of sports medicine usually do? Um, that's a great question. I mean, my job overall is I have to overall see. Oh, I have to oversee all the healthcare um, for all the athletes. So I've got to I've got to juggle a lot of things. I've got to manage all our doctors, our chiropractors, our massage therapists. That's going to include the psychologist our nutritionist and as well as then juggling the care of the athletes and what we've got to do for them. And it's a little bit of a balance of you've got to, you got to kind of mediate between parents and physicians and coaches and athletes and administration. So, so it's a, it's a little bit of crazy every day. So really you don't do much is what you're telling <laughs> no. us. Yeah. A lot of free time, yeah. right? Yeah, you have tons of free time, it sounds like. Uh, so the, yeah. the, the past six months have only added to your workload. What what has that been like for you? Okay, I have to be honest, though. <laughs> when March hit and we closed down and everything, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. <laughs> I didn't have any athletes on campus. I got caught up on so many projects that needed to be done, which was probably a good thing because when reality hit about the middle of April, um, it's just been, uh, well, I got to say, I think for everybody, it's kind of like one big blur of a day. I never even oh, yeah. know what month it is or well on what day it is. But it's been a lot of research, uh, a lot of just trying to figure things out. I have to remind people a lot that we've really only known about this virus for nine months, right? Um, and so it's just a lot of just constantly figuring things out, and things are changing every single day. We're talking with Carolyn Billings, the Director of Sports Medicine at BYU. I'm curious how much contact you have with, say, the Utah Department of Health and other organizations within the state. I mean, I, I've got to assume you kind of work hand in hand. What, what is that relationship like from BYU's perspective? Uh, I think it's been I think it's really good. Uh, we're very blessed. So, so our administration has developed some great relationships with the Department of Health in the county as well as at the state level. And then our our relationship with IHC has been a huge asset. I mean, they have really helped me. And so they've given me great access to their top epidemiologists there that have helped answer a lot of questions and helped me navigate this. Because it's very unique, you know, they, they've actually really enjoyed it too, because they're learning about our culture in sports, which is very different than how you would handle 
the general public, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's kind of like we're both just trying to figure each things out. But they'll, they'll make like general statements, and then I've got to say, okay, but in in our circumstances, we're going to have a team that's playing, or mm-hmm. or we're going to eat together, or we're going to be in the locker room together. Like, how do I how do I put all these policies into place for that? And you're like, and, and there's going to be people tackling each other. In practice. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're Navy. (laughs) That's always my favorite question because the coaches are always like, so it's okay for us to tackle each other, but you don't want us sitting next to each other at lunch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is such an interesting time. And and obviously there have been some athletes that have tested positive for for COVID and and just most recently some football players. So walk us through what happens when an athlete this year tests positive or has close contact with someone who's tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah. So we deal with a couple different scenarios. So um, for one, you could become symptomatic, right? And then we're going to test you. And then if you have COVID, then we're going to isolate you in, in your room or as best we can at your house or wherever you're living so that you don't have any exposure with anyone else. And, and that's been a huge challenge for our athletes when they're living in apartments with mm-hmm. four or six people, <laughs> right? And, and they have a roommate. It's really hard to isolate then you can then you have to do what we call contact tracing. We've got to go back from the day that we know they started shedding the virus. Um, and, and by that, we use the word shedding all the time. That just means when you have enough virus that you could spread it to other people. And so then we have different terms. We have a high risk, a low risk, and a moderate risk exposure. Hmm. And we tend to be most concerned about high risk exposures. And we define that according to the CDC, as being within six feet of another person and not being masked for more than 15 minutes. Hmm. Wow. And so then we have to quarantine those people for 14 days. And, and so quarantine, we have to explain to the athletes, quarantine, you just have to stay in your apartment. We just don't want you to, to, to go outside and spread it to the public, right? Um, Typically, we'll have our athletes, we've had people who've had to quarantine and they're living in the same apartment. And then we're like, yeah, you guys can hang out together because you all have the same exposure. So Mm -hmm. you guys can hang out and watch Netflix all you want. We just don't (laughs) want you to go outside and and spread spread the disease. In terms of the COVID-19 protocols, is it fairly Uh universal regardless of the sport or does does each sport have varying differences because maybe some are more contact than the other or or is it pretty much all the same regardless of what sport you play if if you get it it's the protocols are the same uh that's a that's a a good question and and it's kind of there's going to be two parts um to that uh there's going to be a certain amount that are going to be the same and then i think there's going to be a certain amount that are going to be different how we're going to handle a covid uh, an athlete with covid or a high-risk exposure will be very similar from sport to sport but some of the protocols when we're looking at testing and we're looking at how we're handling things and and the involvement with them playing and competition i think are going to vary uh quite a bit uh, right now i've really just been focusing on football because that's really the only sport we have going i'll start working on basketball soon but um football it's been really interesting because because we kind of I don't know if I consider it an advantage or not. You can kind of look at it that we have an advantage because we're independent. So we can set our own protocols um, because we don't have a conference 
dictating it to us, where all the other teams, the conference will set the protocol. But then we've had to kind of do a lot of adjusting because I want to make sure the teams we're playing are very comfortable with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'll adapt our protocol to, to compromise and meet whatever their conference protocol is. So, so even within the sport of football, I feel like I've got a different protocol when we're playing Navy versus <laughs> when we're going to play Troy versus when we're going to play a, a team out of um, a different conference, whether it's Conference USA or Sunbelt or whatever, is, is we're kind of varying it a little bit. So you've got to know your stuff. I mean, if, like you said, being independent can be an advantage in that way because you make your own protocols, but also it would kind of be nice if they're just like, here's the protocol and you just follow it. Right. (laughs) So a hundred percent. Yeah. But I haven't been doing much. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to read about COVID and write protocols all day. We joke at my staff meeting because it probably was like, you know, a month into this and I finally had to point out to my staff, I'm like, guys. I'm not coming off of Mount Sinai with these written in stone like the Ten Commandments. <laughs> this is the most fluid protocol we're ever going to have, and every day it changes. Oh, so my gosh. I'm like, you got to go with this. And so so that's been kind of the chaos, and I, and I can't blame my staff. I've been very grateful for how they've worked because they have to patiently call and ask me a lot of questions because it does. It literally changes, at least through July and August. It was like changing every single day. But it's not perfect because no there there was no plan I joke all the time and I'm like you know I must have really slept in during that lecture on how to take care of a pandemic in sports medicine 101 (laughs) I think a lot of people a lot of people are wondering (laughs) where they missed that one too yeah (laughs) I just didn't see how we how we handled football through the Spanish flu or anything like that but Uh, so I've had to do a lot of, of reading and, and part of the difficulty of that is like, there's so much out there that's fake, right? Like, yeah. so, so, and, and part of that's by nature, but I'll, I'll listen to what the news is saying. I'll, I'll get, everyone will send me reports and everything, but I want to go to the direct source. And again, that's where my physicians have been phenomenal in helping me do it. And IHC has been a fabulous resource to help us navigate all of this. You've been at BYU for a number of years. I don't want to make you feel old or anything, but I'm sure you have some oh, totally fine. really fantastic stories. What's what's one of your favorite stories that you have from the job over the years? Oh, y'all, I don't know. If you if you ask my athletes, they're they're gonna tell you more stories about me <laughs> and the crazy things I do. Uh, certainly known as practical joking with all the with all the athletes when we're on the road and in the hotels and that. So, mm-hmm. so I always tease the athletes. I'm always like, "Don't start what I'll finish because I'll win this." So, and, and I don't mess seen, with the athletic trainer. I have had the opportunity <laughs> to see Carolyn in action on the road with uh, with BYU women's soccer. First and foremost. Everybody loves Carolyn, okay? It's true. It's Everybody loves Carolyn, but you're right. You you have a lot of fun with the athletes, and that, that comes across. I do. I do. I love them. They keep me young and that, and, and, uh, and I just, I love to have fun with them. I, I just, I tease them because I'm like, I'm not even nice to them, and they keep coming back <laughs> to me. Uh, you know, and I think about stories, I think so much, like, I love the fan experience, you know, like even last, last spring when we had the win against Gonzaga in the Marriott Center, you know, and, and, and this is what will date me is I can think back to, to, it was my 
my second football game ever was was uh, BYU's upset over number one Miami with Ty Detmer. And uh, those are just awesome experiences. I can think of a several of the Utah games when you get those fans that are storming the field. And that I know BYU doesn't like it, but it's such an exciting uh, thing to be a part of. To just be a part of that energy and that and that that celebration is terrific. Carolyn, uh, we want to say thank you so much for doing this. Lauren, and like I said, we, we were not kidding. When we talked about our first guest, we wanted to have somebody that <laughs> we both loved and that we knew we could have a fun conversation. And I know maybe sometimes the, the topic is ne- not necessarily fun, but being able to talk to you certainly was. We thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Carolyn. Oh, you bet. Thank you so much. All right, Lauren, show number one in the books. Not bad, huh? Not bad at all, Ship. It's been a pleasure, as always. And it's great to see you. We haven't seen each other in a while. I know. We haven't seen each other, listened to each other, (laughs) anything that we're doing right now. It's amazing. All right, my friends. It only goes up from here. We can't wait to do this again next week with the game on the horizon as BYU prepares to take on the Troy Trojans. Bring it on. Thanks for listening. We are a production of BYU Radio. Check out the podcast on BYURadio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cougar Tailgate.